Welcome to the Beyond Intuitive Eating Podcast, hosted by me, Beth Basham. I am a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and liberated body coach. I'm also a wife and mama to two amazing little people. With over 20 years of experience, I help women bridge food freedom with optimal health using principles of intuitive eating, foundations of emotional mastery, functional medicine, and neuroscience. This is the space where you get to end the war with your body and discover total confidence and true health from the inside out. The things I'm going to share in this episode could be controversial, especially coming from an intuitive eating counselor. Today, I'm going to talk about some ugly truths when it comes to weight release or weight loss, but it's probably not what you think. In today's world, the health industry is promoting weight loss in every way you can imagine, and the diet industry alone is worth upwards of $92 billion and rising. But most of the diet industry feeds off fear and has no clue what actually affects the weight that we carry on our body. Now, I could go a million different directions with this podcast because it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic within my group, within the individuals that I work with. I would actually venture to say that a majority of the women that want food freedom and total confidence in their body want it so much, but they want weight loss too. And they cling to this hope that if they just learn how to listen to their bodies, then weight release might be a natural result. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. But the desire is there and it's real. And it also makes a lot of sense. You know, I've been there too, so I completely get it. I got into intuitive eating in the first place as a means to losing weight. (laughs) Now I've come far since that time, and I want you to hear this. I am not advocating for or against weight loss in this episode. In fact, I consider myself a weight neutral dietitian. And this is for a variety of reasons that I might go into in another episode, but the bottom line is that I really don't care about my client's weight. I honestly care more about other ways to measure their health progress. And I want my clients to not only have that food freedom, I want them to love and live in their bodies from the present moment, but I also want them to be optimally healthy. Weight gain is most often just a symptom. And believe it or not, diets can actually lead to weight gain according to research. Yes, the actual act of hopping from diet to diet and yo-yo weight cycling, as it's sometimes called, can lead to weight gain. So I think this is an important episode to listen to if you have even the smallest desire to lose weight or hope that intuitive eating can help you stabilize your weight, right? So Let's talk about it. What actually affects weight release? The diet industry is going to make weight loss look extremely straightforward, right? You've heard the adage calories in versus calories out, and that's how you burn fat and that's how you lose weight. They really promote diet and exercise as the main components of weight loss, right? Just eat less, exercise more, and ta-da, weight loss happens. It's so easy. Why can't you do it? And then you feel super defeated that you can't lose weight because here you are 
You've got the MyFitnessPal calorie tracker, you're counting macros, whatever you're doing. You're doing all the things right. You're exercising more. You're being the good girl, right? Or the good boy or the good person. And you're doing the things the way you're supposed to. And yet that stubborn weight isn't coming off. So try harder. Just eat a little less, exercise a little more. And it becomes this perpetual cycle. But it's very simplified. It's very, very simplified. And now time, you know, now in the in the this day and age, you might hear some more novel approaches to weight loss in the diet culture world. And those things might look like regulate your hormones, right? The key to weight loss isn't in calories. It's in having proper hormone levels or it's in fixing your gut, right? I see a lot of things now in the marketplace that are all about probiotics and prebiotics and things that basically heal the gut to help you with weight stabilization or weight loss. And then And yet another kind of straightforward, quick fix that is promoted by the diet industry for weight loss is medications, right? There's new medications coming into the marketplace now that help you suppress your appetite or change the way your body metabolizes food, you know, cuts out the ability to absorb fat. So you, you know, take in less calories that way. And it's just... It's very simplified. And while these more novel approaches aren't wrong, and while the whole adage of calories in versus calories out isn't necessarily wrong, it's very straightforward. And there's a lot of guilt and shame if you don't do it right, or if you do do it right and you don't get the results. I think the latter is actually more applicable to the person who's interested in food freedom and wants to have a better relationship with their body. It's that they've done all these things. They've looked at calories. They know how many calories they burn when they go for a walk or how many calories they've eaten if they've gone out and had dessert. They know these things and they recognize that they have been on this hamster wheel of very simplified information. So of course, you know, I did this and I'm sure if you're out there listening, you may relate to this, but I looked at these more novel approaches too, like fix your gut, regulate your hormones, use this medication. I mean, at one point in my journey, and this was a long time ago, but I took the HC CG drops to convince my body that it was pregnant so it would reduce uh, fat mass and increase lean mass. I mean, these are the things that become so straightforward and simplified in the diet industry, and it, it will seem very easy and very simple. Right. And again, I'm not telling you that these things don't matter. I have a background in functional medicine. I have my master's degree in functional nutrition and, and functional medicine. And I fully recognize that our gut health plays a role in our overall health and could play a role in the way that our body holds on to or releases weight. Same thing with hormones. Same thing with calories in versus calories out. The law of ther- thermodynamics that's the the fancy name for it, (laughs) does hold clout in the world of research. I'm not telling you that these things don't matter, but what I'm hoping to express to you that there's actually something else that might matter more. Because the way that the diet industry looks at weight loss is imagine a pie chart, okay? Imagine a pie chart and that pie chart has two or three sections. And those sections are calories taken in through food, exercise, and then maybe like a more novel approach like hormones or medication or something else, right? I know that there's a lot of things I'm not necessarily talking about here because the diet industry has covered like every niche of the internet with all these ways to lose weight fast or lose weight period. 
but you get what I'm saying. And the biggest pieces of the pie, according to diet culture, are usually what we eat and how much we exercise. So if you do those things, you eat right, according to whatever rules are put out there, you exercise enough, then the magic should should result in weight loss. But what we see in the real world is that this is not always the case. Yes, it works to a degree, but the reality is, is that it doesn't work long-term. And for so many individuals, this way of working and just following these rules and being the good person and eating the right foods and exercising the right way and taking the thing to support gut health doesn't always result in the body that they desire. So we need to dive deeper and we need to look at what actually causes the body to gain or lose weight and some of the deeper stories beneath this. And I cannot wait to share at the end of this episode some very helpful questions to ask yourself to help you dive deeper into this entire episode, but also the entirety of who you are as a person and your desire, your core desire to lose weight and what it means about you. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to first talk about what actually causes the body to gain or lose weight. Because if we go back to that pie chart, and I hope you can visualize this, listening to a podcast, I don't have a visual in front of you, but you know we do have a piece of that pie chart that relates to food, right? We have a piece of that pie chart that absolutely is connected to how much we move our body. I'm not telling you those things do not matter. There could be a piece of that pie chart that looks at gut health and hormones, right? And those things all matter. They all can play a role. Unlike diet industry, I am not going to tell you that any one of those things matters more or less for you because as an individual, there's likely a very unique story that you hold where certain pieces of that pie are going to matter more or less. Okay, so there's there's a lot of variation. But in addition to food, movement, gut health, hormones, and insert whatever else you've learned about, there's also genetics, right? And this might also already be a piece of your pie as you're thinking about your journey with weight and body, genetics play a huge role. Some people are genetically meant to live in a, what would be considered a smaller body, and others are meant to live in what would be considered a larger body. Now, unfortunately, the medical system has placed a lot of value on this. If you live in a larger body on some level, that's bad for your health. If you live in a smaller body, that's better for your health. But what we know with further research is that there's not a right or wrong body size And there's so many other determinants of our health outside of weight alone. Now, from the diet industry standpoint, it's just there's a lot of drive to get into a smaller body to be healthy. But for some individuals, that's just not possible, okay? Um, If you wear a size 10 shoe, for example, you would never expect to fit into a size 7. But for some reason, we... As a culture, as a society, expect all bodies to fit into this ideal size. And if we don't reach it for some reason, it's wrong, it's bad, it means we're unhealthy, we're not worthy, etc., and so forth. But genetics play a huge role in the body weight and size that we will be for a majority of our life. And on top of the genetics are also phases of life. Right When you were in high school um, or elementary school, you had a different body than likely you have today. Your body inevitably changes and will continue to change as you grow older. 
body fat distribution changes, the way that our skin, you know, holds our body changes. Lots of things change as a result of the natural aging process. And believe me when I say that there's some resistance to those changes because I feel them as I'm entering my 40s. My body has changed significantly since I was 20 years old. I've had a couple babies. I've breastfed. Things change. And there are moments when I feel frustrated with those changes, but there is a reality and an opportunity to accept the genetics that we were born with. And from that, we can start to set more realistic standards for ourselves, especially when it comes to our ability to gain or lose weight, stabilize weight, or whatever your goal might be as you're listening here, right? Another thing that I know is talked about a little bit more now, but I want to emphasize is also sleep hygiene. You know, sleep hygiene can influence hormones and gut health that influences our ability to lose and gain weight. Um, sleep is huge and it's something that a lot of people are deprived of for one reason or another. You can blame it on screens. You can blame it on the stress of the economy. You can blame it on having children. But sleep hygiene is one of those those sneaky things that people don't always think about or they think that they can just eat better or exercise more and get out of the this uh, sleep deprivation cycle. But the the case is sleep is one of those foundational, foundational, I'm talking about like the bottom of the pyramid foundational things that can really affect our health and our metabolism and our ability to regulate not just calories in and calories out, but all the different mechanics of what makes our body work. So sleep is huge and it should be another piece of this puzzle or piece of the pie in your pie chart when you're looking about all the factors that affect our body's ability to gain or lose weight. Another one that again is a little bit more nuanced, not talked about as much, is environmental toxins and the toxic load that so many of us now carry as a result of living in the modern world. And this is not to shame anybody for you know, using too much plastic or whatever, because there's a lot of sources of toxins in our environment, but it's just to show that this does and can influence our body's ability to gain or lose weight. For instance, if you are somebody who holds a certain toxic load in your uh, accessory organs, including your liver and your digestive system, cannot remove toxins from your body efficiently for one reason or another, it oftentimes stores those toxins in adipose tissue or fat tissue, right? And there's going to be a resistance from your body to releasing that adipose tissue because it doesn't want to dump a whole bunch of toxins into your bloodstream that can make you feel really terrible. So in one respect, the body's amazing ability to shield you from that toxic exposure by stuffing those little toxins into our fat cells is pretty incredible. I would, I would say, I mean, what an amazing adaptation of evolution to say, okay, there's too much toxins in our environment. Let's store these little bad boys in these little pockets of the body where they can't harm us. I mean, how cool is that really? Let's just like take a minute to step back. I recognize you may or may not want that extra, you know, fat tissue on your body. Okay, that's beside the point. But the fact that your body protects you in that way is pretty darn amazing. (laughs) So there are ways to... Um, remove those toxins from the body in a safe way. And that's 
not for this episode. It may not even be for this podcast, but the reality is, is that environmental toxins and toxic load can affect our body's ability to gain or lose weight. So despite eating the best foods and doing the exercise and doing all the quote unquote things, your body may be resistant to losing weight because it's trying to protect you from the environment in which it lives. And again, we can talk about many other ways to support your environment, reduce toxic load, et cetera, not for this particular podcast, but it is a consideration that I don't think a lot of people consider when they look at, you know, weight loss resistance and their health in general. You know, we, again, we give a large piece of that pie to just what we eat or just how we exercise or certain supplements we do or don't take. Right. And there's a lot more to the story. I hope that's really the point that I'm driving home right now. And so those are just a few of the other things that can actually lead to weight loss or weight gain. But here's another really important one. And this is where, this is my jam. This is where I love to help my clients is looking at the amazing power of our mind and how when we work on our relationship to food itself, to our body right? How we, how, what do we say to our body on a regular basis? Are we that, that really damaging inner critic? Do we let the damaging inner critic run the show and tell us that we look terrible, that we're not worthy because our body is a certain way? Do we, do we lead by all of those inner critic voices to force ourselves to eat less, exercise more? Like what's driving the show behind the desire to lose weight, in other words? Is it this deeper inner critic voice that's telling us that we should do X, Y, Z? Or is it a loving voice that's saying, hey, I love you so much. You're just fine the way you are. And I also want you to be healthy and feel your best. So I hope I'm making sense. I want to just keep talking about this a little bit because I think there's so much power in how we're talking to ourselves and our mindset around our health because from a very deep subconscious level, because of diet culture and because of the environment that so many of us were raised in, I don't know that I've met a client who hasn't told me some story about their childhood where their mom, dad, or other caregiver told them that their body wasn't ideal. Therefore, they put them on diets at a young age. Uh, or maybe they had body image issues of their own, and those body image issues of the caregiver over time really wore off on my client, right? They you know, saw their mom looking in the mirror and constantly picking apart her body, telling herself that her thighs were too fat or that her hair was too this or that she was too old and that nobody would love her if she didn't, you know, take care of herself or lose the weight. And those stories really stick to us when we're young and they drive the show oftentimes when we're older. And when we are working from this place, to quote unquote, be healthy, which is a lot of times what I think is this facade that people put on when they just actually want to lose weight. They're like, I just want to be healthy, Beth. Um, And I, I hope that being healthy helps me drop the pounds. Okay, this is normal. It's okay. I've been there. I was 
freaking became a dietitian because I wanted to control my body. Okay. So I get it like on such a deep core level, but what was actually driving the show in my narrative was this need to be in a smaller body, to be seen, loved, worthy, and accepted. And I was driving that show by trying to get those things from my external environment, right? From the love I received from others, uh, for the validation and the praise that I received from the outside world. And at the end of the day, I was not giving that to myself. I was not seeing myself as worthy because I exist in this body, this miraculous body. I was allowing external forces to drive my ability to feel seen, loved, and worthy. Now, I know I'm diving deep here and I'm getting slightly away from this track of what leads to weight gain or weight loss, but I want to drive this point home because it's so valuable and so freaking important. And that is that if we are trying to fix our body and the way that we're trying to fix it is to drop the pounds and we're doing doing it with this energy of insufficiency. Like I'm not enough until I lose the 20 pounds. I'm not enough until my body shrinks. I'm not enough until my wrinkles go away or, you know, insert whatever it is that you wish was different about your body. And there's an insufficiency driving that. I'm going to tell you right now, regardless of how many calories you eat, how many exercises you do, how many gut hormone blah, 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 (laughs) sorry, how much, how much you're doing, um, to, to kind of fix yourself. It will never be sustainable. You will never drop that 20 pounds and feel like you've actually won. Yeah. You might get a temporary high of, Ooh, I hit my goal. I lost the 20 pounds. You might get a burst of energy. You might feel good for other reasons because you've been making some positive changes here and there. But I'm telling you right now, if you are working from that place of insufficiency, that you are not enough in this present moment, it won't be sustainable. It will not last. I don't care if you get into that smaller body. If you are driving the show from this place of insufficiency, you will never win. And weight loss will come and go. And this is really what I see as a driving factor of the yo-yo weight cycle that we see so many Americans going through day after day. It's what fuels the weight loss industry. It's what's created the diet industry to be worth $92 billion plus. I'm sure it's higher than that now. That's an old statistic. But I'm just saying, like, this is what marketers prey on. They prey on this deep subconscious belief that you're not enough as you are. And you're wondering to me right now, but Beth, but Beth, I really just need to lose weight to be healthy. And you know, that may or may not be true. Like a lot of things my clients tell me, you know, they want to be healthy. They want to lose weight to like get some, some weight off of their joints to feel better, to have more energy. But At the end of the day, is it really about the weight or is it really about feeling good? Like, what if I told you that there were exercises you could do to strengthen your knees so you could go play with your kids in the backyard without pain that had nothing to do with the number of pounds that you're holding on your body? Would that be enough for you? Is it really about the joint pain or is it really about shrinking your body because there's a deeper sense that you're not worthy enough just as you are. Okay. I'm not trying to trigger or activate anybody with that statement, but it's an opportunity to look deeper. 
because what drives the weight loss game is going to look a little different for everyone. However, in my experience in working with clients, so often what drives the weight loss game is this sense of insufficiency, this sense of not being valuable enough yet, of not being worthy enough yet. And when we lose the weight, somehow magically that's going to fix that problem. And I've said it so many times, but I'll say it one more time. It won't. It won't fix the problem. Okay. So here we are, we have this pie chart and we have food on it. We have movement on it. We have genetics, sleep, environmental toxins. We have potentially some gut health stuff, some hormones, you know, fill in whatever things I did not add. And then I invite you to make the biggest piece of your puzzle on your pie this whole idea of mindset and our relationship with our body, which fosters itself into relationship with food and many other things in our lives, but just our relationship to our body and our ability to see it as safe and okay and just perfect as it is. Don't get me wrong, I recognize that can feel very challenging. That belief that your body is okay, is safe, is maybe even perfect as it is, is a very challenging thing to accept because you're going to have a bunch of narratives going through your head right now that are saying, but, 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 but Beth, my body isn't perfect yet. And I need to lose this weight in order to fill in the blank to play with my kids, to, you know, I don't know. Like there's so many things that people have told me and my brain is flooded with different things that a client might share. But I'm sure as a listener, you can think of, you know, what dropping the 20 pounds would do for you. And I'm not telling you that that's wrong. Okay, so hear me to say, like, I'm not here to tell you that it's wrong to have the desire to lose weight. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes in the intuitive eating space, you will get that messaging that you haven't made it yet as an intuitive eater if you haven't dropped that desire to lose weight. Because the reality is that desire is there in you for a reason. It's A, deeply subconscious, and it's a part of what you have learned will make you feel more safe in this world. So if we try to shove it under this rug, this desire to lose weight, we are doing a big disservice to ourselves by saying, oh, you're not supposed to exist. In order to get food freedom, I have to drop this notion that I need to lose weight. And I'm, what I'm telling you now is that, yes, we might want to set it to the side so we can get the most out of our journey to food freedom. It's, it's helpful to kind of set it aside from time to time. Notice when those inner critic voices are becoming really loud around our need or, or that big driver to lose weight. But what I'm inviting you here is to actually look and say, huh, isn't that interesting? I do have this desire for food freedom and I still have a desire to lose weight. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with any of that. I can invite all of it into my wholeness because I get to feel how I want to feel. And part of this work is actually learning to be okay with all the different things that come up. So many of us have pushed our feelings down 
And the invitation here is if you do feel this desire to lose weight and you also feel this desire to be an intuitive eater and be on the path to food freedom, I want to tell you that both can exist. We can reframe what health looks like for us. We can look at diet industry and call out the bogus things that has told us over the years. We can look at what our caregivers implanted in us at a young age about what our body should look like, what health should look like, and we can start to tell a new story, but it doesn't mean we have to shove this desire to lose weight under the rug. That's all I'm saying. It can all coexist together. Okay, so I'm again getting off on a tangent, but I hope you can tell I'm super passionate about this. I think it's such a good conversation to have with those who are desiring to lose weight for one reason or another to really look and reflect on what is driving that. So I want to talk about, and this is the the questions for reflection or journaling that I wanted to share with you today, but I want you to, to step back and consider that the desire to lose weight is actually likely rooted in something deeper. It's rooted in something deeper. So Close your eyes if you can. Of course, if you're driving, focus on the road, but just get into your body for a moment if that feels safe. And I want you to ask yourself, what's the core desired feeling you will receive when you lose the weight? And maybe it's a number or a pant size, but go ahead and go there in your mind's eye, like your body has lost the weight, dropped the pant size, whatever. What is the hope on the other side of that? What gets to happen to you when you meet that goal? What gets to happen when you meet that goal? And notice and reflect and say, hmm, for so many women, it's the, the answer is confidence. Okay, so I'm just going to use that. I will feel more confident. I'll feel more confident in my social life, in the bedroom, with my partner. I'll feel more confident when I go out in public, when I take selfies, right? The confidence is a big driver for so many women. So maybe that's the answer you came up with. Maybe it's something else, but let's just use that as an example. How can you start to increase your capacity for confidence now in the present moment, in the body you already have. Because I'm telling you, regardless of whether the intuitive eating journey leads to weight loss, weight gain, or weight stabilization, if you don't look at this now, if you don't look at that, what the core desired feeling is and learn how to begin increasing your capacity to feel more confidence now, you will be on the hamster wheel perpetually. Okay, so just start to sink into that. Where in my life can I start to invite more confidence in? What things can I do? What moments can I take for myself to allow myself to be confident in the current body I have, in the current environment I live in? Okay, this might be another episode. We could go and dive into this more. But second question I have for you is, What needs are you trying to get met by your body? And this relates to the first question, but might help you go a bit deeper. Let me repeat it. What needs are you trying to get met by your body? Are you trying to lose weight to shrink your body for one reason or another because you think that it's going to meet your need for security, for safety, Are you trying to shrink your body because it will help you meet your core need for worthiness? 
control, stability. I'm just throwing out a few examples here. But again, feel free to close your eyes, get out your journal, and ask yourself, what needs am I trying to get met by shrinking my body? If your body is responsible for making you happy, stable, worthy, safe, etc., again, you're going to be on this hamster wheel forever. Okay? And if your body and the body size you're at currently weren't responsible for meeting an unmet need, then how would you take care of yourself? And you might not know the answer to this right now, but it's definitely something to ponder as you move forward in your journey with food and body. But if your body size weren't responsible for meeting those unmet needs and you were able to cultivate those within And there's a lot of things you can do. Again, different episode. (laughs) But how would you take care of yourself? What would you do with your life? How would you walk in the world? If your body weren't responsible for meeting your need for stability, happiness, worthiness, security, safety, etc. And just allow yourself to explore that with compassion and love because I... If you're like myself and the clients that I've worked with, the answers can be deeply and truly profound. Okay, so as you can tell, I dove deep in this episode and I did so for a reason because this desire to lose weight is so strong and it's not wrong. There's a lot of different things that influence the way that our physical body gains weight the way our physical body loses weight. And I hope in this episode, you know, those different perspectives I shared, obviously there's more than just food and exercise that play into this. There's other more novel approaches that we can consider, including genetics, sleep, environmental toxins. And as I emphasized our mindset and our relationship to food and body, those all play a role in how our physical body responds. But even more deeply than that, is this opportunity to connect with and really look at what is driving that desire. Not making it wrong, welcoming the question to the table, I desire weight loss. I want to lose 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. That is the truth of where I'm at right now. What is driving that? Is it insufficiency? Or are you driving the desire to lose weight from this place of self-sufficiency? So get real raw, get real honest with yourself, and explore it. All right, so that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. This was a joy to record. And if you have any questions, you know where to find me. You can always send me an email. Let me know how this episode landed for you at beth at bethbasham.com. I'm always on the other side of my email inbox and would love to hear from you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am so grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with a friend who might also benefit. And if you want even more support on your food and body journey, please check the show notes for information about my free Facebook group and private coaching opportunities. See you next time.